Welcome to BioCentury This Week, special edition. I'm Jeff Cranmer, executive editor of BioCentury, and I'm joined by... Simon Fishburne, editor-in-chief. Steve Austin, Washington editor. Lena Koch, executive editor. On today's pod, we take a look at FDA's pending decision on Biogen's Alzheimer therapy, aducanumab. At the start of 2020, the aducanumab decision was top of mind for every investor. 16 months later, industry is still waiting for a verdict. This could be the week. The PDUFA goal, or FDA's marker on the calendar for when it should render a decision on this application is June 7th. Let's back up a little bit. An advisory committee meeting met in November to discuss the therapy. In the briefing documents ahead of that advisory committee meeting and at the meeting itself, FDA's Division of Neurology One and Billy Dunn, acting director for the Office of Neuroscience, made it abundantly clear that FDA wants to approve aducanumab, despite the serious misgivings of the agency's own Office of Biostatistics. FDA's advisors on the advisory panel were diametrically opposed to this position. At the ADCOM, FDA's advisor, advisors accused its staff of a biased presentation that glossed over many of the real issues with the data rather than addressing them head on. Panelists gave a definitive zero to 10 vote against adopting Biogen's best evidence presented. That's the phase three eMERGE study as primary evidence of effectiveness. Fast forward to late January and FDA pushed back the amyloid MABS PDUFA date from March 7th to June 7th. And here we are. Selena joins us on the special edition podcast as she's been following Biogen's therapy for Alzheimer for what feels like decades now. Perhaps it's just been a couple of years. She's written dozens of stories for us. She's listened to the advisory committee meeting. She's talked to investors. She's talked to researchers. So Selena, perhaps you can give us a little bit of an overview here. What's involved in what FDA is weighing in this decision? Well, I think FDA needs to decide if there is enough evidence in terms of new analyses conducted since the advisory committee or new data coming in from the ongoing Embark study to warrant approval. The agency has to decide whether it's going to side with the patient activists and doctors and, and scientists calling for approval of this therapy based on the very large unmet need, overlooking some of the deficits in the data package, or whether it's going to side with those folks who say, look, the problems with the data are so glaring that if you approve this thing, it's going to set the bar for evidence in Alzheimer's disease so low that basically anything becomes approvable so long as a post-hoc analysis suggests efficacy. Yeah, and when you reported, Selena, on the adcom, it was pretty clear that there were some very damning voices about the post-hoc analysis and the quality of it. I don't know if quality is a fair statement, but about the analysis itself. I think it's also fair to say, and Steve, I'm sure we'll weigh in, that passions are pretty high on all sides here. Yes. 
Steve, is there anything that you recall having this kind of weight for this many people being lopsided and yet this controversial? Well, yeah, there are examples of FDA going against advisory committee meetings. There was a 12 to 1 vote against Tarceva in 2009, and FDA found a way to approve the drug anyway. There have been other instances where the agency has disregarded really overwhelming recommendations from advisory committees. And there's two things you have to recognize about that. One is that the word advisory means something. Those committees are just providing advice. They're not making decisions. And the other thing is that they're often providing advice about medical and scientific issues that may not represent the totality of the reasons that FDA makes decisions. FDA is making a regulatory decision and its standards can be more comprehensive and go beyond the things that it's actually asked for advice from the committee about. There's a lot at stake for patients, obviously, and for the industry, as Selena alluded to this, the sort of slippery slope idea that if they approve it based on this kind of evidence, what does that open the door to? But there's also a fair amount at stake, wouldn't you say, for FDA and its internal and external relationship with its stakeholders? I, I think there is. And I think there's also a great deal of misinformation or loose thinking that's been going on about aducanumab. One of the things that I think is really important to point out is that there's no such thing as conditional approval. So analysts and pundits have been saying for months that aducanumab is going to get conditional approval. And I think that everyone who tweets or blogs or talks on Clubhouse about the possibility of conditional approval for aducanumab should be forced to write on a chalkboard a hundred times. There's no such thing as FDA conditional <laughs> approval. And then they should have to write a hundred times. Accelerated approval is approval, full stop. Hey, did you go to an English public school by any chance? <laughs> no, but <laughs> could I, but we I have, have them dress up them. as uh, Bart Simpson while they do it? <laughs> I think they should have to wear dunce hats, you know? And, and the thing is, it's, it's important because the suggestion that accelerated approval is a sort of consolation prize that gets awarded when the data is equivocal or weak is wrong. And it leads to misunderstandings about drugs that have received accelerated approvals, suggestions that they really don't merit use or that they shouldn't be reimbursed, things like that. And it also casts dispersion on drugs that might get accelerated approval in the future. Well, and accelerated approval in this circumstance may not be warranted because what you need for accelerated approval is a surrogate endpoint, right? That FDA can have confidence in, at least correlates with, if not predicts, which is a higher standard, what the clinical benefit would be. And there's been trials of amyloid therapies for 20 years now, and that just hasn't been established that lowering amyloid predicts any kind of clinical outcome. So what you're saying is that there's no reason to believe that if you just run the experiment again, you'll get it better the next time. It's just more patients and more time. It's like basically another N rather than another reason to believe that this time it'll work out in your favor? Well, I think if Biogen were to run another trial, that would be the best possible outcome. Yeah. That would, that would answer the question. Yeah. What, what would another trial look like, Selena? Okay, so you have to back up. What you have to remember, like why the data package looks so glaringly bad <laughs> for aducanumab is because both of the phase three trials were terminated for futility. Then later, Biogen said, oops, that was a mistake. We should have kept those going because it turns out one of them was positive. But these are long trials in, in Alzheimer's. It takes a long time to see change from baseline and 
changes in the change. So at 78 weeks, which is when they measured the primary endpoint, they were measuring the primary endpoint all along, but that's the end of the trial. That was the only time at which there appeared to be any kind of separation from placebo, but half the data were missing at that time point because the trials had been canceled for futility. And Biogen, in a sense, make up those data through imputation. And there's just a whole lot of criticism around how that was done. And then they attributed the reason for why one trial worked and the other had to do with a high dose, like an amendment to the protocol that allowed a certain type of patient, those that carry the ApoE4 gene, to get titrated up to the high dose. So if you were to just to run a full trial that did not get terminated for futility, but ran its whole course, and you set up the dosing the way they think it ought to be from the start, and maybe they only recruit people who are ApoE4 carriers because they seem to carry the efficacy signal in the post hoc analysis, maybe then they could show the thing that they say that they're showing now. And that would take 78 weeks, right, just for the trial once they've got the patients enrolled, which is going to take some time and then some time after to analyze the data, presumably. Right. So you don't need a big napkin to calculate that that's like a two, three year at best enterprise. Right. Didn't know this would all come down to a napkin. All right. Well, Steve, let's bring it back to FDA. Beyond this particular therapy, what's at stake for the agency? You know, I think many people think to start with it, FDA senior leadership gets involved in approval decisions routinely. And that, that's almost always wrong, but I think aducanumab is likely to be one of the few exceptions. So I think it's going to be interesting and instructive first to see who signs off on the decision, and especially what Dr. Woodcock and more senior Biden administration officials say about it, because the HHS secretary and probably White House officials are going to be briefed on it in advance. It's become a national story. So quite apart from the implications for Alzheimer's patients and the development of future Alzheimer's drugs, the agency's decision on aducanumab's going to reverberate within FDA, among product developers, and the public, I think, for years. There are deep divisions within FDA about what it should do, questions about whether it's been too much of an advocate for Biogen on the one hand, or if it's putting statistical purity ahead of patients on the other hand. So whatever it does is going to be celebrated by some factions within FDA. It's going to be a disappointment to other factions, and similarly among the public and biomedical product developers. I think that whatever FDA does, it has to explain itself clearly and convincingly. If it decides to approve aducanumab, it's going to have to explain why it rejected the advice of its advisory committee. One of the members of the committee, Caleb Alexander, took the extraordinary step of co-authoring a New York Times commentary over the weekend, making the case against approval. Other members of the advisory committee have been outspoken, also saying that they strongly believe that it shouldn't be approved. If it rejects the drug, it's going to have to tell Biogen, and especially the public and the Alzheimer's community, what the path would be for determining if the therapy is safe and effective, and what the path would be for other products in the future to do that. I think that FDA's integrity, the public confidence in the agency, the confidence of the companies that it regulates, are all on the line. And again, it's not just what decision it makes, but how it explains the decision it made, what its processes were internally, and what its thinking, what its rationale is for the decision that it makes. It's going to be really critical that it explain it. And I think it's only going to have one chance to do it well and to do it properly. Simone, any last thoughts? 
Yeah, I think that this city knows better than I do, but there is a whole bunch of other companies, some of whom are still working on amyloid. We've talked about that and some of whom are looking to tower and maybe things after that. But I think what Steve referred to there is other companies will be watching this as well, especially if it's a thumbs down, let's say, to understand what they're going to need to show in order to get their products approved. So I think within the industry, from those people, this is going to be an incredibly important decision. I don't know, even if it's a thumbs up, if that actually makes them feel any better. I don't really know well, I, that, I, what I think it means if, for them. Maybe you could say something. I mean, one, one question. Yeah, one question is just what it means in terms of the level of collaboration they might expect from FDA. The advisory committee charged, they alleged basically that there was too much collaboration in this scenario, that FDA was essentially almost working for Biogen. At the same time, I think a lot of people think FDA and companies should work together more hand in glove that would speed up drug development overall. Public Citizen has called for HHS to do an investigation into this high degree of collaboration between Biogen and the company. I just think that's going to be an interesting area to watch in terms of what companies expect for the amount of collaboration that is appropriate in the long run with FDA. And I think that going beyond aducanumab, if this is approved, there's also going to be a temptation in the boardrooms of other companies, and especially among their investors, if there's a phase three failure to go back and see if there's any way they can dredge through the data and find a post hoc uh, analysis that supports approval and resubmit that to FDA. It's something that in the past has been considered irrational because there was no chance that FDA was going to accept something like that. If they approve aducanumab in this fashion, FDA is opening the door to those kinds of submissions. And if it doesn't want them, it's going to have to make a cogent explanation for why that isn't what's happening in this case. Just one last perhaps, word on this, which is we shouldn't forget that FDA is doing something. It's got Janet Woodcock, really seasoned hand at the tiller. On the other hand, Biden has not yet named a permanent commissioner for FDA. And whoever that person is will inherit the fallout of this. I'm not volunteering for the job. All right. All eyes on FDA should be an interesting end to the week. And that's all we have time for. All of BioCentury's podcasts are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and Google. Kendall Square Orchestra provides the music for our podcasts. The group connects science and technology professionals and other members of the greater Boston community to collaborate, innovate, and inspire through music while supporting causes related to healthcare and education.